Welcome to the Be Disciples podcast. This is episode number 37 with your host Kyle Morris and Dakota Smith. What's going on, Dakota? Hey, what up, man? We continue today in uh, Mark chapter 5, the second half of it. Yeah, last week was it's kind of crazy, I think, with the demon possession. Not one demon, but a lot right. of demons. Uh, kind of a scary scene of uh, Jesus uh, confronting this man, kind of the other way around. The guy ran up to him. Yeah. Um, well, Jesus was coming to him on the boat. So, yeah, I, mean, there I was, guess. He yeah. knew it was coming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just kind of this crazy scene of uh, these uh, demons inside this man and uh, how Jesus addresses it and how it comes to the point where really at the end, it was all about this man becoming saved, not just from the demons, but also going and proclaiming who right. Jesus is. Yes. So it's kind so of this, this story or this... Um, this testimony of this man who was able to then go out and share the good news, yeah. just as you and I are, as we share our te- testimonies of what Jesus has done in our life. Yeah, we ended with talking about the importance of going out to live sent and share your testimony. Once Jesus has done something in your life, then go and share others, you know, share that with others. Uh, one thing that I thought from last week that just continues to stick with me is, Demons by nature are destructive. Everything they do is to destroy. What do they want to destroy? They want to destroy God's creation so that they can insult God. Uh, The reason why Jesus allowed them to go into the pigs is because the demons wanted to go into the pigs to then go into the water. It was the demons who wanted to kill the pigs. It's not Jesus who sent them into the pigs and then sent them into uh, the the lake or the pond or or the ocean or whatever I, I forgot what the text said but it's kind of interesting though because you had a professor back when you were in community college mm-hmm. let's just talk about that for a minute just as a recap what did this dude had to have been an idiot sorry but what did he say <laughs> yeah, so I I went to a community college I was either eighteen or nineteen years old I had to have been because it was just out of high school and and I. I was just taking community college classes, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And I think this was probably the year before I met Dakota uh-huh. um, and before he moved to Arizona. And I was just taking classes, just kind of just figuring out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, but there was a New Testament class at this community college. And so I figured, oh, I'll take that. That fulfills a, like a humanities credit or whatever. Right. So I signed up for the class and went. And this professor pretty much started the class by saying, I'm not going to teach the Bible as if it's a religious text or <laughs> or a belief system of sorts, yeah. but really just as uh, a work of uh, literary art. Yeah. Right? Lame, so, lame, which lame. Is <laughs> super lame, right? Because that's not why it was written right. at all. Um, and it is a work of art in and of work. itself. But it is, but it's, it's not, more than that. It's not fiction. Right. It's not just a book you pick up off the shelf. Exactly. Um, many, many people have lived and died for the Bible. Yes. And so it's not just... And um, given eyewitness te- testimony. Yeah. So he says this, and then we get into this story about about this guy who had a bunch of demons in him yeah. right in chapter five. Yeah. And he pretty much was trying to point out things within the Bible that didn't make sense, that yeah. made it seem like a fairy tale or it would had no credibility. Uh, really, he pointed out and said, why are there pigs here? Jewish people didn't eat pigs. Why would there be a pig farmer 
around all these Jews. Well, he clearly didn't know the location right. in which this was taking place, which was Galilee, right. which was where Gentiles, gen- Gentiles who were not Jews lived, and they did eat pork. Remember that old movie? Water boy, yeah. Mama's wrong again. <laughs> no, you're wrong, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> My mama said that crocodile so mad because it don't have no teeth. <laughs> no toothbrush. No toothbrush. He said, "No, it's the medulla oblongata." <laughs> oh man. Okay, go. We should probably not promote Waterboy, but it's a funny movie. Um, I haven't seen it in years, oh, but man. I just remember that. <laughs> So yeah, so this guy was clearly wrong. At the time, I really didn't have the answers. Uh, I was 18. I really came out of high school not really following Jesus. <laughs> uh, I didn't have, even though I grew up in the church and I knew Bible verses, I just, within context of the story, I was not prepared uh, hermeneutically yeah. to answer these, to give a response. To give a response. Yeah. If I could go back today, this guy would not survive the class with me in there. Right. Um, he would either kick me out or he would quit. So right. that's how that would happen. But yeah, we it was just one of those things where when you don't know your scripture, when you don't know the context of what's going on, you don't know history, you don't know the location, the geographical region, you don't know any of these things, you get it wrong. Right. And it's so important to know what's happening. Which is evidence that it's more than a, just a literary fictional text. Yeah. Because in order to understand it, you need actual information, historical information in context mm-hmm. to understand the story correctly. Right. So it's like, what are we assuming? Well, we're assuming that if we understand the culture and the time period and all of the events, then I'm going to understand it rightly. Yeah. Which makes it a reality. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. So, yeah, that was, you know, I always, I always think about that from time to time, this class. Really, I think about it because he was, you know pointing people in the wrong direction and was... Yeah, he's a false teacher. Uh, a false teacher, exactly. And he got paid and, for it. Yeah, so that was unfortunate. Uh, so pray for him. I, you know, if he's still alive, I <laughs> hope that uh, he, he does come to know the Lord. But yeah, um, but yeah it's, it's just one of those situations. I wish I was more prepared then. Yeah. Uh, so I'll continue to prepare myself now. Yeah, amen. Um, and that's not, you know, and that's still a journey. Yeah. Um, you know, I think... From right now, the gifts between Dakota and I, his apologetics, uh, you know, studying and learning, uh, it's it's great to to be learning uh, really underneath Dakota as an associate pastor because he's about to get into a series about apologetics yeah. uh, coming up in our church, which I'm excited to listen to and to learn more because it's so important to have just those tools mm-hmm. um, that come straight from Scripture that teach us how to. Uh, really have those debates about who God is, who Jesus is, and what the Bible is, and why it's true, and all those things. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just really important to know that stuff and to continue studying it. Yeah, amen. Well, hey, let's uh, jump in. This is going to be a shorter episode, so uh, let me pray, and then we'll jump into chapter 5, verse 21. Father, uh, please just help us to continue to have fun. Uh, help us, God, to enjoy your word. I pray for every listener that all of our listeners would continue to grow in their confidence in the Word of God. Also, for those who are listening, um, who are discipling others, please allow this to be a tool to equip them. And then for our listeners who are not discipling others, even one person, Lord, I pray that they would be convicted and challenged to change that. Uh, In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're about to get into a, um, a story or a... Um, series of stories. Yeah, a couple of stories within one, uh, but really it, they're pretty uh, 
what do I want to say? Popular. I think even if you haven't read the Bible that much, there's a story in here that you may have heard. Um, it is in a couple other Gospels in Matthew chapter 9, Luke chapter 8. Um, so, But it is a popular one, and so uh, just kind of pay attention. Maybe you've heard it, and maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just do verses 21 to 24 to start, uh, because this is the first portion. Let's just do some observations. We'll read it super simple. It says, when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side. So this is subsequent to the scene we just read on the last episode. Mm -hmm. When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him. And so he stayed by the seashore. That's almost like the seashore was his protection. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing him, fell at his feet and implored him, begged him earnestly, multiple times it insinuates, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And he went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. Kyle, just reading this like at first glance, what's the first thing that you want to talk about? There, there's multiple details here in the first couple of verses, but if something's relevant, something super hits home to draw us into the story, what's that for you? I've, I've got mine. Mine is, is Jarius. Um, mm-hmm. Who he is, mm-hmm. his status. A synagogue um, official. Right, a synagogue official um, falls at Jesus' feet. Yeah. Um. I want to say in desperation, yeah. but at the same time with faith yes, because of the words that he uses. Yeah. I notice that he doesn't like, he doesn't necessarily beg Jesus. He, it almost says it as if it will come true. Right. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may live and be well. Yeah. It was almost, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a last ditch effort. I don't feel like, I feel like he knew that Jesus could, he had faith that Jesus could. And he, and he, and he came to him in faith. Yeah, that's how it comes off to me. Right. Well, yeah. There's definitely a confidence yeah. that he has. The word confidence, confide, fide means faith. If you place confidence in something, you're placing your faith there. Uh, confidence in anything means faith in anything. So this guy has this confidence. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't mince words. Mm-mm. He's just like, look, you can do this. Which is interesting because he's coming from a location where, you know, in the synagogue, maybe there's a number of doubters, depending on who's had his ear. Right. And we've already seen Jesus be in synagogues. Right. Right. And be um, teaching teaching, and, and people challenging him yes. and, and those sort of things. And yep. uh, Jairus here does does not challenge Jesus. Right. <laughs> he pretty much says, Jesus, I know who you are. Right. You can do this. Right. My daughter's dying. Right. Come with me. Well, it's also interesting. Look at this detail. The reason why he stayed in the boat is because the crowds would have been pressing around him. But as soon as Jairus comes up and implores him, right? What does it say in verse 24? And he went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. Almost as if Jesus is like, in order to do this, a bunch of people are going to crowd in around me, but I'm going to do it, do it anyway. Almost as, I mean, the text doesn't de- deliberately say this, but you can almost at least insinuate that it might be there. 
He allowed the inconvenience of everything else. He better said he didn't allow the inconvenience of these other things like a massive large crowd to get in his way of going and helping this man. Mm-hmm. And that's also evidenced in the next scene with what Jesus is going to do as well among the crowds. Right. So why don't you read 25, uh, like to 34. All right, verse 25. So he's going through the crowd. Yep. In verse 25, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians mm-hmm. and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Yeah. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Mm-hmm. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Man. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she fell and she, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Man. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? <laughs> and wow. his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? Right. And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Wow. Such a well-known story. Mm -hmm. But every time you revisit it, there's a lot of questions that come up. And yet... It's a classic story of Jesus's deep, deep compassion for people. Mm-hmm. He's in the middle of solving another problem, by the way. Yeah, he's With, about he's about to go heal somebody. Right. And he's going through the crowd and he's trying to get through. You can imagine the disciples trying to like keep people away from him, <laughs> trying to like, hey, we gotta we're getting through here. Back off. We gotta protect off. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> who so, just cast out thousands of demons, but we gotta protect them. <laughs> yeah. And so they're kind of pushing probably like trying to push people away so he yeah. can walk, trying to make room for him. Um and then there's this woman um battling, um battling a disease. Yeah. Discharge of blood, a hemorrhage. And she's it's been a long time, twelve years. Yeah, the she, text says 12 years. I may have missed it. Yeah, oh, verse 25. 20, for 12 years. Wow. She'd gone to many physicians and spent all the money she had, and it just got worse. Yeah. So she's tried everything that you would normally do, yeah. right? You go to a doctor. Right. You get diagnosed. They try to treat it. You pay a bunch of money to get it treated, and nothing. Right. <laughs> Still medical problems. Right. Um, and so she heard about who Jesus is. Never met Jesus. Heard the stories of Jesus, who this man is. Which, if you pause, if she has heard of him, and she's prepared to meet him, that also tells us, well, Jairus, he was he must have heard about him as well. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus arrives on the scene, that crowd is ready. Yep. Yeah. Sorry yep. to cut you off, but I mean, it's just, that means word has been spreading quick. Well, and I would think Jairus came up and had this request. Yeah. How many other people have the same request. Mm -hmm. How many other people there have something to say or ask of Jesus? Mm -hmm. Um, But we get this story of a woman that says, if I can only just touch his garments. Right. Just a minimum. Just touch the threads of his tunic. He doesn't even need to know me. Mm -mm. That's all she's looking to do. Yeah. 
if I can only touch his garments, I will be made well. Which means she has faith in who he is, Mm -hmm. but isn't asking for much more. Isn't even asking her, asking, she's not asking Jesus to even touch her. Right. To lay hands on her, to pray for her. None of that. Just his garment. Just to reach for him Mm -hmm. in this moment. And I, I find that part extremely profound because she's had this problem for such a long time and she then just says i just i just want to see him and touch his garment and i know that i'll be well just that i don't i can't even imagine like i would think i would i would probably do what jairus did mm-hmm. fall down at his feet and yeah my my daughter's dying or i'm sick or whatever and yes. try to do the same thing yeah but this woman just does something so different right and i mean we've got some cultural things going on for being being a woman. Yep. Um, she's unclean yeah. for one. She can't be in public. She she's at risk of making everybody else unclean, giving everybody else COVID she's per in, se. Right. She's in this <laughs> crowd, right? Yeah. She's shoulder to shoulder. It's and she's just like I she's probably covered up trying to hide who she is. Yep. And she's getting through she just if I just touch him, I just need to touch his garment. That right. is it. He'll make me well. Right. And it happens. Right. And immediately <laughs> she was healed. Yeah. I mean I can't imagine how she felt. I can't imagine. I mean, I just like, yep. just a sense of relief. Yep. And not just, I think, the disease, but also the relief of, it's Jesus. Yeah. Jesus did this. You know, I want to say just something right now with this passage. Uh, I think too often we as Christians say, well... You know, it's just God's will that I I suffer through these physical ailments or God's never going to heal me. And I I do personally think that God like allows people to just continue on with their infirmity and it's something that God uses as a means of dependence upon him, like you actually have to practice faith in him to overcome whatever you're facing. But too often we're so boxed in and doctrinal that we forget Jesus is resurrected from the dead. He's not some figure of the distant past, but he's at the right hand of the Father today, which means he's been given all authority. And if he wants to, I mean, Jesus is listening into this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to, he can heal you. Doesn't mean he has to, and he may see it in greater wisdom not to, but he can heal you. The Jesus that I know and I'm talking about, who's alive today, he can heal you. Yes. Will he is the question, but can he? Absolutely. And I just think we need to have a greater faith in Jesus, just as this woman did. I mean, that's what strikes me. Because what does Jesus say in verse 34? Daughter, he's using an intimate term with her. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. He addresses her spiritual condition first, and also says, be healed. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have multiple healings here just within this woman. We have the physical healing. Yes. We have um, a healing of, she can go back into society. Yes. Because she's clean. Yeah, you could say, almost say like a relational healing. Yeah. So <laughs> now she can have relations with people. Yep. May, who, 12 years, has she even been around her family? Friends, there's a lot being restored here. A lot, and then says, "Go in peace," yeah. right? Because he knows now that just 
that the disease was only one part of it. Right. It was the cause of all of the other things, and now those other things can be restored. Right. So go in peace and be healed of your disease. Because of your faith, daughter, I know you. Yeah. He's pretty much telling her, I know who you are. Because yeah. that's what I want Jesus to say to me yeah. when I get to heaven. Son, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. It's good to see you. <laughs> you know what I love about this story, too? We can't miss it. We'd be neglectful to not mention it when jesus says who touched me it's not that he doesn't know Mm -mm. he does know but he wants to publicly remember she did not want to confront him right but jesus is like no i see you i want to know you i want to talk to you well i mean that's incredible by doing that he establishes her it back into society yes by recognizing her, and I, then, well, and that's clearly on purpose. But what does Jesus show about himself? You can't make him unclean. No. You can't make him unclean from the demon that he just cast, the demons he just casted out. You can't make him un- unclean from this woman who, you know, has a disease. You can't make him unclean well, he, because he, he's pure. Well, he just went from a Gentile cr- crowd, right? Casting out demons, come on, in a whole different situation. You're getting some context then here. Then he goes back to the across yep. the sea, and now he's in a Jewish yep. crowd. We've got the the uh, official of the synagogue here. Yep. We've got a woman who's unclean, who doesn't want to be seen, or doesn't want to, I guess, make Jesus unclean. Right. And so he just touched the garment. Right. And so we have a lot of cultural shifting in this whole chapter. Yes. From two different groups. Yeah. People who are. Uh, considered God's people, yep. the Israelites, yep. and then those who are not. So um, we see Jesus doing work in all people, yeah. not just one group. So let's close it out. Verse 35, I'll finish out the rest of the chapter. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Oh no, Jesus didn't get there in time. But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer, only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James, like his interns. (laughs) (laughs) Verse 38, they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And, you know, in this day, they would actually hire mourners to come and weep and help the family grieve. Verse 39, And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him, but putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother. Don't you love that? Two broken parents. Took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, Talitha kum, which translated means little girl. I say to you, get up. You can just hear the softness in him. Immediately, the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old. And immediately, they were completely astounded. And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this. And he said that something should be given her to eat. Interesting that this little girl was 12 years old. The other woman had an issue for 12 years. Almost like God knows the course of your life entirely. 
And when he's ready to move, he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we see, again, just an interesting story and circumstances of these, how these things play out. Uh, we have Jesus going in with his father into his house, tells him not to fear. Right. Only believe. Right. So he's he's trying to get this man's focus off the fear and onto Jesus. Right? I mean, he's really saying, look at me. Yeah. Believe in me. Right. Focus on me. Right. He allows well, then... Well, he's the resurrection and the life. Yep. yep. So he only allows Peter, James, and John in. Yep. Um, you know that we do see them as his kind of three dudes that are closest. <laughs> yep. Disciples trifecta. To him. Uh, maybe the house was small too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, couldn't have too Probably many. was in that uh, day. And, and there were already a bunch of people in there crying and weeping and wailing loudly. Um, and so they go in, and then they end up... Jesus says something. He says, what are you making a commotion and weeping? He says, the child's not dead but sleeping. And they start laughing. I know. How would you feel? Gosh, I'd be so offended. And so he pretty much says, oh, well, y'all get out. Yeah. <laughs> You're obviously not the professional mourners you thought you were. Right. Yeah. So then he takes the father and the mother and Peter, James, and John. Uh-huh. Uh, and takes him in and, and heals this girl. And immediately she gets up and begins walking, and they're overcome with amazement. I mean, imagine being the parents. Right. Uh, having your daughter, who you think is a is going to die. Is dead. Has died. And is now yep. alive and well, and says, and then tells her, get her something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to eat. Let the girl eat, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be hungry. Well, it's interesting, too, that when Jesus resurrects from the dead, he eats with his disciples to prove to them, no, like, this is real, mm-hmm. you know? What I love here is just, one, there's this sandwiching going on. You see Jairus at the beginning of the sandwich imploring him, and then he heals the woman with the bleeding issue, and then he, the, Mark comes back, and he sandwiches these stories together, incorporates them together with the main theme being that nothing makes him unclean, and your faith heals you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Uh, but just the scene where he says, Talitha Kum, I mean, I have an almost six-year-old daughter, and I have a two-year-old little girl, and gosh, if it was my daughter, uh, I'd be so thankful for the great physician to help them. Mm. Just how amazing. Yeah, I mean, you have, for one, I can't imagine being a parent in that situation, and parents are in that situation all the time. Yeah. Um, where their children's are, their children are ill, um, and to the point where it almost seems hopeless. Absolutely. Um, and then you have this older woman, who also had a life of hopelessness. Right. This disease that kept her out of society and kept her sheltered and right. kept her in pain, and Jesus restores all of that. So yeah. it's almost like it doesn't matter what part of life you're in, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your situation. Uh, for one, have faith in God, uh, and He can heal. Yeah, and and we should not forget that because I think at times we do. Something else that just caught my eye: Jesus' statement, "The child has not died, but is asleep." Well, we know that physically she was dead, but I think Jesus says that she's asleep here because you know the Bible speaks about the second death. Mm-hmm. We all will die physically, but if you know Jesus, you're not going to die spiritually. It's almost like Jesus is the one who's only able to define when somebody's truly dead. Because he or she may have died physically, but because she's not judged yet, because 
Jesus is going to bring her back. He says she's asleep. Mm-hmm. Like the full pronouncement of death by the world was not enough for Jesus to pronounce death and judgment on her because he was going to bring her back. And sometimes people ask, well, where did the person go after they physically died in this story? Did the little girl go to heaven? Look, God is in charge of translating the souls from one location to another. So if God did not want her to go to heaven, then he did whatever he wanted with her. But nevertheless, because he said she's just asleep, it's like this insinuation of, no, I'm going to bring her back. I'm going to save her life. And she's not going to be dead as you think death which is just really, really humbling. So he's the God of life. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Uh, really the one and only way you can support us. Not the only. You can pray for us, as always. Please do. Uh, we'll can, we continue to pray for you. But you can share the podcast um, on your social media site. Share with a friend. Send them an email. Uh, snail mail. Whatever you still use today. Uh, but we're on all major podcast platforms and so you can find us really anywhere Um, just look us up be disciples podcast on those Uh, we got plenty of episodes to listen to go back and listen to some maybe that you've missed Uh, check out some of our guests that we've had on the show Uh, just great conversations that we've had uh, that have blessed our lives uh, and others um, and especially uh, thank you all at uh, OBC who are listening in and continuing to grow in your walk and just get some uh, extra devotion time and the word in uh, during the week, whether you're driving to work or uh, whatever you're doing. So just thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to continue to pray for you uh, and I hope that you're growing as we walk through the book of Mark.